In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 hello. Uh, Ryan Roxy here and welcome to another live stream episode of In the Trenches. I am your host and I am back. I'm back in my sort of world that I love and sort of love to broadcast from. I was a little bit out of my safe zone on the last episode with Ross the Boss uh, because I was out in the States. I was in Los Angeles, but now I am back in my little cove of uh, Stockholm. And today is a perfect thing. The only thing missing today is a couch, you know, because honestly, our guest today, uh, love spending time on the couch. And uh, oh, before I get into the guest, of course, I'm going to introduce the show and introduce if you are listening to this on the audio platforms, whether it's Apple or Spotify. Um, thank you very much for that. But we really want you to come on to the video experience because we have a chat room and we also have this little subscribe button that our illustrious producer Vic Chalfont put up. If you want to hit that subscribe button as if this is your first time watching us or listening to us, go there because Ryan Roxy official on the YouTube as well as Facebook Live. And uh, again, audio, that's fine, but uh, you really want to see us because you want to experience the chat and you want to see this guy's lovely mug that we have today. Uh, like I told you, he loves spending time on the couch, uh, don't we all? But uh, our guest has found a way to make couch time very productive, successful, and inspiring. Um, and He's an all-around great candidate for being in the trenches because, you know, you'll find out in just a couple seconds. So let's welcome guitarist, producer, and uh, all-around in the trenches candidate, uh, Mike Squires. Hello, Mike. How you doing? What's up? What's going on? How you on? doing? <laughs> well, you know, uh, here, I, here I am. Here I am. This is crazy. This is fun to see. This I is like a, I should have introduced you as... Founder CEO of Couchrich. There is you're the founder and CEO of Couchrich, and obviously uh, you have a very nice man cave or studio or what is in the background. Are you in your home studio right now? This is this is what I call the champagne room. <laughs> the champagne room is basically anywhere that I have my computer and my recording interface and a microphone, and and it's been a lot of different places, but here. It looks, you know, it seems very uh, man cave-ish, but really, if I panned over this way, oh yeah, it's the it's just the French doors that go out to the to twenty degree cold. Well, if so. I if I pan literally, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> six inches one way or the other, you're good. You're going to be out of room for one because the room right. is so small, and then you'll see one of my kids' beds because this is their former right. bedroom that they've moved out to and gone into the other bedroom now. So yeah, it's the magic. I guess I, I could call this my old fashioned room. I'm showing my old fashioned. There it is. Nice. There it is. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's media magic. But yeah, I, I hang the guitars in here. I record my podcast in here and work, you know, work on other audio recordings in here. Well, Music here he is, stuff. Mike Squires. Uh, you, you've been uh, very inspirational for me in the last year or so because I am a huge fan of what you have started and developed with couch riffs. Um, I think Thanks. the idea is great. We're going to, we're going to talk all about couch riffs and everything uh, between, but you know what? We have to go back to go forward. And that's the way Let's we start every show because I think the it, it's important to sort of, you know, catch up a, a little bit on your history of, you know, what has brought you to the here and now and with everything that you're doing with couch riffs, because you are, yeah. 
now are you a guitarist first because I because when we did our thing together on couch riffs you were a bassist and uh, right do you consider yourself guitarist first or musician overall I mean the first you know cool instrument that I played was the guitar you know when I was a kid when I was in high school I, was, I got my first guitar when I was a freshman and nobody wanted to play bass I didn't even know what a bass did you know it just was like the thing that the board person did in 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 the band room because he just like dun 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 dun. Well, let's you know, admit it that the only two cool bass players for me growing up, and I'm not sure how far we are apart in age, but the only two cool bass players that would that would top the charts, well, not oh, I shouldn't say only two cool, but the ones that I looked up to were either John Taylor from Duran Duran or Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Those are the ones that were always top bassist in Circus Magazine Uh-oh. year after year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, the list goes on. You know, you have uh, Lemmy for sure. Okay. Yes. Lemmy. Um, I'm schooled. Uh, there you go. Who else? Stan- the, Stanley the Clark coolest. was the always coolest. one. <laughs> The uh, coolest. I mean, but yeah, those the the two guys that you pointed out were they were almost like the two ends of the spectrum. Like, you know, Nikki Six was like the like he was the guy in in rock bands in the eighties that everyone wanted to be. It's true. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, not celebrated for his playing. But on the other hand. Um, Both of them, to be honest with you, John Taylor and Nikki Six. I don't know how this turned into a symposium on bass playing, but it, let's turn it into it. This is in the trenches, bass player edition. Uh, Dude, <laughs> the thing is, John, John Taylor, Taylor is a stud bass player. Stud, and and you know what? I I actually I DM Nikki Six. Yes, I name dropped that, and I'm telling you that I have his DM. Um, I DM'd Nikki Six the other day because I got caught in that sort of YouTube rabbit hole of uh, just going down videos and going from one artist yeah. to the other. I ended up at Motley Crue uh, live in Moscow, 1989. Oh, no, yeah. no backing tracks, nothing. Nikki Six was so friggin' solid. His bass playing was amazing. Obviously, Mick Mars was laying down the wrist. Vince was running back and forth, back and forth. And 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 Tommy was just doing his thing. But what really stuck out was Nikki Six's bass playing. So I thought both Nikki and John Taylor back in those old, early days were sort of more touted for their image. I don't think they get got, got enough credit for their playing. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think. 89, arguably, peak of Motley Crue's powers, right? Yeah, of course. Yes. Peak. And, and so I would be amiss if I didn't say, yeah, from the from the comments, Chuck Garrick shirtless is one hell of a bass player as well. All right, we have to, we, we have to give him that. <laughs> oh, you have to throw McCartney in. Well, yeah, of course McCartney's a stud bass player. I mean, there, yeah, there are John Paul Jones, you know, the Ox. Like, there, the list goes on for sure. But I didn't. I didn't really care because I picked up a guitar in 1986 and, uh, you know, what was hot then was like flashy guitar playing. And that's what I wanted to do. You know, that's what that's what I wanted to do. And I never really developed into all that. You know, like I don't my know about fantasy. That. You, you've been listed as a lead guitar player in, in, in a bunch of bands. 
that, that I went down the list. And why I say you are so much in the trenches candidate is that you've been in about a hundred bands, you know, and, and I've been in a bunch of bands and, but I mean, you know, you don't, you don't have to be Steve Vai to play in a rock band. Like, and more accurately, like Steve Vai doesn't belong in ACDC, right? And perfect. Michael perfect Schenker analogy. doesn't, like Michael Schenker doesn't belong in Not a Surf. You know, like there are all these, I don't know. I've been in a lot of different kinds of bands, like, you know, metal bands, rock bands, uh, indie rock bands. Uh, that's where I saw know. a lot of your, a, a lot of the bands. Cause the bands that you've been in, honestly, of all the research that I've done for all the different podcasts over the, over the last year within the trenches, your bands have the coolest names. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously, indie bands always have the, the, the coolest names, you know, eat the feeling Nevada bachelors, uh, Harvey danger, alien crime syndicate, the long winters, the Western state hurricanes, they're all, they all sound like something like, shit, I'm, I, I don't know the if I deserve it. <laughs> I don't know if I can right. afford the cover into that club to see that band. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that is. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But the way I became a bass player was I when I moved to Seattle, I had a Jackson, you know, it was 1990, January 1993. So I had a Jackson and an amp with built-in chorus and, you know, nobody wanted to have anything to do with me. I was a few <laughs> years behind, you know, I like, I grew up in the woods and didn't even have cable, you know, so I'd have to go to a friend's house to watch, to see MTV and that kind of thing. You know, there was no internet then uh, when I was trying to learn music i was learning off of so basically you 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 basically grew up like the unabomber or how the unabomber ended up it's sort of like a cabin <laughs> the out in the woods. Yeah. you you were the unishredder maybe that could have been the name of one of your bands that you played in right. but, but again doing the research i found that you know you are because we met on the east coast but then by doing right. the research, I found that you're more of a Northwest guy. In fact, so much you were born in Concord, California, which is NorCal, which a lot of our guests come from. And you said you moved around a lot in the Northwest. But those towns included growing up Northern California, uh, Oregon, and then finally, like yeah. you said, set, settling on Seattle. I, I didn't move to Oregon until I was a, an adult. I lived in Portland twice, but um, but yeah, I, as a kid, I was in Northern California around the Bay Area and went back one year, and that's where I kind of got into hard rock and metal. That was a because of the scene. A high school. The scene. Oh, dude. Well, it was '84 that year when I was in the seventh grade, and thrash metal was king. You know. Yeah. I mean, Ride the Lightning was the new Metallica record then. Wow. The new Metallica record. Yeah, that was the, that was the one, you know. So, uh, yeah, we moved to Washington, you know, out way far away. But that then it became a lot harder to be introduced to new music. I'd have to, I had to take a three bus transfers from my town to go to a record store. And go get the Rocket magazine, which was the Seattle sort of magazine. I would just thumb through it and fantasize like, 
man, one day maybe I could, you know, when I'm old enough, I could live in Seattle and maybe I could have, maybe I could have a band, you know, <laughs> like. Well, one thing people. leads to another because you have this, you have this Jackson bass and you have a, the amp with the built-in chorus. And at that point, no one wants to hear from you, but you eventually settle in. Nobody wants to have anything to do with me. I have, it wasn't, it wasn't a bass. It was a guitar, a oh, Jackson sorry, guitar sorry. with yeah. a Floyd Rose. And so I meet these guys um, and, you know, and they were a good band. They were, they were tight. They, they sounded definitely like post grungy, but they were also a little bit jammy. And I was just like, I talked to them afterwards. Cause I, I mean, I'd been in, Seattle for four months and and hadn't met anyone and I was working and I was gr digging graves in a cemetery and I was just what? like what the hell am I gonna yeah that was my that first was, that job was one of your gigs I, I've had a lot of jobs man but that's so, but I want to hear a little bit more about that like how yeah, did yeah. you apply for that how did you find out like hey man maybe digging graves is the is the gig a buddy of mine this guy Jeremy uh, that I grew up with he was like one of my closest friends growing up and also like he lived closest to me. I went to the Marine Corps, he moved to Seattle. And, you know, when I got out of the Marine Corps, he was like, Hey, why don't you move to Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you move to Seattle and uh, we'll get a house. And I think I could get you a job at the cemetery where I'm working. I was like, that sounds kind of weird, man. And he's like, it's just not all that weird. Like we'd done, we'd worked together summer jobs and after school jobs doing yep. landscaping and like labor kind of gigs before, you know? So he was like, it's kind of just the same as It's that. like landscaping, but digging deeper, six feet, yeah, probably deeper, just about. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And so, yeah, we did some pretty weird stuff, man. But I'm curious now, do grave diggers actually use shovels? And this is going to make me sound like an idiot, but but do you use well, shovel or do you have automatic sort of rectangle like diggers that just go in and move all the ground up? Get grave grave digger? digger to couch ripper. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's just like um, you lay a template down. You know, it's you have to sort of like map out the plot because some of these things are are bunched right up to each other. Yeah. So you figure out where, you know, where things are. Sometimes you'll, you'll push a rod down to see where the other, where the, uh, you know, the neighbor is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You don't want because, to be imposing. You don't want to like, like hit well, another casket. Well, there you... are a number of problems. Well, if you dig down and you dig too close and the, and there's, and it's wet or soft or whatever, like it could, the wall could collapse in. And if you're too close to the next plot, well, you're going to have a big problem, right? Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's it's very it's really weird, man. But you know, you don't put a you don't put a casket straight in the ground. You put a concrete liner. It's almost like a shoe box. Shoe box. You know, like you put the bottom down in there, put pack around the edges so it's nice and tidy. You, know, you see it in the movies. There's like fake grass around and like a lowering like a device and then it lowers down right, right. it lowers into a, a concrete box and then See, we I use a backhoe to put yeah. so we use a backhoe so you know you you cut I out never the found out so much about grave digging and you know in circus magazine bass players this is a very yeah. inspiring 
If there is a takeaway of today's podcast, it's going to be that when, if you choose to get buried, not, you know, cremated or frozen, like, you know, cryonics, I, that's a whole nother yeah. field. I don't know. It's, it's an option. Do you, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be frozen. Like I, I'm happy to have the life that I've had so far, you know, yeah. and, uh, and whatever life happens to me after this moment, that's the life I want. I don't want to have a life in, uh, 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 whatever, 200 years. I don't you don't be want, you up. like, you don't want your head severed, put in a frozen cryonic chamber. And then like 200 years later, come back saying, Hey, you know, can uh, you imagine how confusing that would be? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just imagine all the learning you would have to do to catch up. Like, I'm not interested. I've watched, yeah. I've, uh, w- w- wasn't there a movie with uh, Brendan Fraser? Wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> Encino uh, Man. Encino Man. I think I think that had something to do with it. But what about I, idiot- I mean, I might be the president. Remember Idiocracy? <laughs> that, that guy comes out, he's like true. a genius. <laughs> well, I think we've lived that. The last, yeah. the you know, when I was a kid, all I want, I wanted to be frozen. That was my whole thing. When I, it was, sounds weird, but because I had heard this big myth that Walt, in its urban legend, that Walt Disney had been frozen and he might still be frozen. So I was all into this. Like I was into cryonics as a child, but now as I've gotten older and I'm able to get the, you know, the Denny's and, you know, International House of Pancakes discount <laughs> at breakfast if I choose to. It just happened yeah. last week. Walking um, bathtub uh, emails <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. Right. When I get all these senior <laughs> discounts, I'm kind of thinking more like, eh, eh. Maybe you, I'm, right. I'm like you. I don't know. I, I'm happy with where, where I've lived. This is my, um, I'm honestly going to get all hippie-ish and freakish because I got a great gift for my birthday. I'm, I'm oh, hey, when was it. your birthday, man? It was December 1st. It was a couple of weeks ago. We had a thing, oh, but I got man. this book from Federock and in, in the first, in the first sort of page of it, it says this body we're in is a bio suit. So I'm I'm starting to think more like th- we're we're just in bio suits. Right. Our 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 souls and our spirits go on for a long time. You so. can think about it in a million different ways, but people have been talking about stuff like that for a long time. Like, you know, your your spirit. Uh, now it's my turn to get hippy dippy. Yeah. Like, however, however you engage people and however you treat people and make people feel, uh, you know, like that is a radiation of your your spirit and your personality and your, you know, who you are, right? Exactly. But who you really are, not what you look like. And, um, you know, when your body dies, I, I, who cares? Like (laughs) I love, I, I love my friends, but I don't, I don't think anyone should live forever. And, you know, I've, now that I'm older, I've, I've had a number of friends die and I have a pretty unique, I think a unique as far as Western culture goes, approach to death. And that is that I try to just be grateful that I knew that person, that I knew, you know, knew them as I did. I'm glad that they touched my life. I'm glad that I had them in my life. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be sad. No. What the, the hell do I want to be sad for? Dude. Like, it was, that was amazing. Good job. If I only had a campfire right now and an acoustic guitar, this would be- seriously <laughs> kumbaya, mofo. Yeah, man. You know, I, I'm as you're talking, I'm freaking out about how much Walt Disney has influenced my life lessons and stuff because I remember 
not just wanting to be frozen like Walt Disney, but there was a Jiminy the Cricket. You remember Jimmy the Cricket, the little yeah, yeah. animation guy? He, there, there was a movie we used to watch in school. He says, I'm no fool, no siree. I'm going to live to be 93. And I was like, okay. You know, I think I think the top age that he went, he went up every increment of 10. I think Vic Chalfon, our producer, would know what age it was. But I think it was 103. And I, uh, 103, that's a little too wow. old. 93, maybe. I think 93 is okay. What do you think? That a good age to go? You think? I, I mean, if I make it to 93, I could officially call age. I don't call myself middle age anymore because I feel like I'm way more than halfway done. <laughs> but what the hell do I know? Well, you know? Oh, uh, I, we're we're gonna move on, folks, and talk yeah, about guitars and podcast yeah, and will. couch riffs. But this has gotten too <laughs> esoteric. But yeah. So that was a weird thing. I came from the Marine Corps to be being a grave digger and wanting more than anything to be in a band. And so much so that I met these guys that had this band, Eat the Feeling. And, uh, you know, they said, uh, uh, I said, hey, that, that was really cool. Like, how long, you know, how long have you guys been? A, what's it like to be in a band? You know, I was just like so excited. I'd, I'd never really talked to people in bands. I never, I just thought that was like, Something that other people did, you know, but you Something knew that what I would it, never do. But you knew what it was like being part of a team effort because the trifecta, you know, you always talked sure. about grave digging and being a band, but the Marines, <laughs> you joined the yeah, freaking absolutely. Marines. Now, it, was that part of the and family I was in thing? Band also. In a school um, band. I didn't get pressure from my family to join the Marine Corps, but were your was my, your family because you mentioned you moved around a lot as a kid? Did were were you a military uh, no. brat? No, it had nothing to do. No, with that. no, no. We moved around a lot just because you know uh, we just didn't really have our our poop in a group. That's a good you know? way of describing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instead yeah. of getting your shit together, have your poop in a group, folks. Yeah. That's, that's that's the G rated version. <laughs> So, well, I didn't know. I didn't know what rating we had here. So yeah, we didn't. You know, we didn't really have our shit together as a family. So we moved around a lot. A lot of times, you know, very short notice. Is you know, it was a not a great way to go as a kid. But um, but what was yeah, the decision uh, to make it to the? What was the decision to go into the Marines? What was that? I you know I live. I grew up in this tiny little town, and it's a beautiful place. It's out in the woods. It's called Granite Falls. And there's there's actually these you know a couple of hundred foot walls of granite, and this cascading waterfall there. And if you drive a few, you know, it's the the foothills of the uh, Pilchuck Mount Pilchuck, the Cascade Range that yeah. you know all the way up and down Washington there through the middle. Um, you know, if uh, if I stuck around there, there was probably you know nothing but bad news coming for me you know uh everyone everyone from my home ended up in prison and uh and I, you know i grew up visiting prisons i you know i was like not me i am not going to prison you know i am not i'm not going to get myself in trouble now i've done a lot of stuff that probably could have wound me up in prison if i had made you know one one wrong move or one 
you know, I haven't lived a flawless life. But, yeah. If there, if there was, yeah. A, or if there was a cell cat, if there was a cell phone or any sort of social media back in those days, I said, sure. we, we would all be in prison at this point. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you know, yeah. Anyway, I'm sober now and that's great. My sober birthday was, was your, uh, actual birthday. Oh, congratulations, so, man. December thanks, 1st man. for how that's long right. now? 54 years. Yeah. yeah. I had to have myself a little go out when I moved to New York, but, um, uh, so yeah, you know, I joined the Marine Corps because it seemed like the way to get out of this little town. There weren't a lot of paths out. I wasn't a good student. I didn't care about school. Um, and I really, I knew then that I really wanted to play music, but it still seemed like something that I, you know, that wasn't for me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't confident. I just thought, well, I'm not good enough to be in a band. I, I'm not, you know, that's that's what other people do. That's what, you know, better looking, skinnier, more talented people do. And then, I, you know, then I moved to Seattle and then I found out who's doing it. And I was like, oh, shit, I can do I this. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that the Marine Corps possibly gave you that discipline to learn an instrument? Because that is, there is a certain amount of discipline that it takes, especially in the initial stages you know, you have to be taught the right fundamentals, but you do have to have that sort of perseverance and discipline to learn, a, you know, an instrument, don't you think? The thing that I learned in the Marine Corps is how to suffer, really, okay. you know. Um, and I'm I'm glad that I had the opportunity to serve, you know. Uh, oh, did I lose you? No, 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 you're Are we fine. There? Are we all right? Yeah, we're fine okay. right now. Um, right now, I, I think only because of the uh, only because of the Wi-Fi connection, we have to like sort of slow down our transitions. A lot of times, Vic gets gotcha. uh, he gets really, you know, as you as you know, folks listening, uh, Vic, our producer, likes to go, you know, completely Hollywood uh, movie budget on a on a shoestring budget on a on a YouTube budget, which is zero. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but he's doing good. Uh, yeah. We got you. I learned, yeah, in the Marine Corps, I learned how to suffer. You know, you learn how to like, you learn how to take your medicine. You learn how to like, I learned how much punishment my body could take and still get up. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So, well, that got you into obviously getting to where we, you know, close to where we are now. Because yeah. you're, you're in the Seattle scene. You are actually in the Seattle scene playing with all these bands that are like basically. I get to Seattle, yeah. I lie my way into a band. <laughs> that Eat the feeling these guys say, oh, we need a bass player. I was like, that was great. And they were just all bummed, you know. And I was like, what's up? And they're like, our bass player just quit. And like a light went off, you know. I was like. This is, this is, this is, this is my opportunity to get into a band. Right. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I didn't give a squirt of piss about the bass. I didn't know that a bass could be a melodic instrument. Really. I mean, I knew like Steve Harris and Getty Lee, but that was like black magic. Again, two, you know? two, two bass players. We left off the list when we were talking about bass players earlier in I the mean, episode. The list goes on and on and on. Once I picked up a bass, you know, but I was like, I play bass. Uh, I, you know, what about me? Which became like my mantra for the next 20 years. What about me? Yeah, I can. Do and uh, yeah, whether I could or not. So I didn't even have a bass. I borrowed a bass from my brother-in-law 
and um, didn't like learned that you know they, they were like all right here's a here's a demo learn learn the first song and come come to practice next week. And so then I was like, okay, I got to get a bass, borrowed a bass. I learned all the songs, you know, and walked in and we ran through them just like that. I didn't even know how a band, you know, started a song. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. I just was like, all right, here, here goes the part. And then they would want to jam. And I was like, I didn't know what the shit to do, you know, like jam on the bass, <laughs> just hold, play a note. You know, I, I didn't know. So, jam and A, jam and A. But yeah, but I uh, but I nailed it, and and I got the gig, and I was in that band for a, for a long time. We I made my first record with those guys, and and they're you know, and that great. sort of led you good. into a lot of the same. Uh, Met a lot of people. Yeah, a I lot of people, know. a lot of connections that you not only that you still know that you actually involve in your current sort of project, which is Couch Riffs. Because you, sure. you, you, when you think I'm looking at the names of the bands, you know, Harvey Danger, one of my, you know, one of my favorite songs. Because the, I don't know if anyone's seen the uh, TV show Peep Show. One of my favorite. Right. You know, I love that. That was a theme song for a bunch of ep for a bunch of seasons. Uh, but flagpole, flagpole Sitta, and uh, you you were in that band, Harvey Danger, and then and then a lot of the band members that you played with um, were either went on to create other bands or uh, were from other bands like Death Cab for Cutie and you know a ton of others, right? And and you're yeah. just associated now. You're just one of the guys. It's weird. I mean, when you're young, you don't think, I mean, I didn't, you know, I'm just not that sharp. I, I was never thinking like build relationships and, and keep relationships. I was just a friendly guy and, and came from a little town. You know, I had this like hick inferiority complex and I just was like so afraid that people were going to like you know, like I like I didn't belong in the in the city with the with the smart uh with the smart rockers for whatever reason. I just thought, well, everyone must be they must know something I don't know, you know. I was well, I just wanted to meet everyone and learn everything I could learn, right? But I think it's that sincerity and that honesty that you have that that sort of drew you in that you know drew people into into your orbit i mean i think you gave some great advice i i was reading while i was doing the research for this you said the best advice you can give for being in a band is what don't be a dick <laughs> yeah, yeah like i wish that. That someone would have given me that advice a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> so how do you stay in a band well just don't be a dick be be nice be sincere yeah. you know and you mentioned that yeah, earlier really a, a subpar player that is the coolest person that's easy to tour with that takes care of more than is expected of them is, you know, is almost more valuable in some ways than someone who is like a virtuoso player, but a total butthole. <laughs> See, you know? There it is. That's the takeaway. That's the, that's the quote, because you know what? It, it, it is about the hang. I say this a lot of times on In the Trenches. Part of the reason why I started this podcast is to hopefully inspire people, not just to start their guitar journey, their musical journey, and by all the guests that we have on and hear their stories. But it's, it's also just to like for them to realize that it's, yes, you have to be good at your instrument to be a professional mus musician. 
But you, you know what you also have to do? You also have to fucking show up on time. You also have to know how to hang out on a tour bus. And what else do you have to do to be in a band? You have to not be a, not be a pain in the ass. You know, you have to be an asset. Or at least not be in the way. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be a, a tremendous asset so long as you're not in the way where you're like, oh, uh, I, I need to do this. Like, hold, I know we're at the truck stop and I know we've been here for 30 minutes and the bus is already fueled up and everyone's already got their food, but I forgot my chewing gum or whatever. <laughs> like, I have to go back in and you're just like, oh, he's got to go don't get his chewing chew gum, gum. <laughs> You know what? It, just You just be, don't be in the way. Like, just be cool. And know know the music. Well, in one way or like, another, don't, don't learn at practice. Practice is not for learning the songs. That's not what rehearsal is for. You show up at band rehearsal. It's so that the band can get tight. It's not so that you can fucking learn your parts. Like, no, you have to know your fucking parts. The band gets yeah. tighter just by hanging. Yeah, that's great. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Well, one way or another, that leads you to uh, one of the bigger names that you've been associated with associated with over the years, and that is the band Loaded that has yeah. Duff McKagan as its frontman. Everyone knows Duff as the bassist for GNR, but in Loaded, uh, Duff plays guitar. He fronts it, and um, how did that whole relationship happen and sort of meeting with Duff? Because I know Duff is another Northwest sort of guy you had to have met some point in the Seattle world. So I'll give you the quick and dirty. So I ended up quitting the eat the feeling band because they, it was like an all or nothing thing for for them. And I was like, well, there are other things. Look at that. Nice. There are other things that I want to do. You know, I want to, I want to play, I want to play, a lot of different styles of music. I don't want to just play jammy music. Like I want to, I want to be in a punk band and I want to do this and that. So eventually I quit and I became, and I did get, I did get kicked out of one band because someone, and the guy said, I just didn't, it's the only band I've been kicked out of. You didn't cut the mustard or what happened? What do you say? No, I played just, he said, I didn't shake my ass enough. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? It was like, you know, just like, you're kind of just a you're just a statue on stage, and I and to be fair, I wasn't a hundred percent comfortable on stage at that point. You know, okay. I was still like working it out. So, uh, walk away from that. It's a learning lesson. Well, the good news for that, just so you listening there on the podcast, uh, Vic Shalfon, our producer, he shakes his ass all the time while he's producing the show. So there's never Sweet. been a problem with that. So you know, nice. we, we will never have that conversation. <laughs> Shake your tail feathers, babe. Shake your moneymaker. So I quit playing music. I go back to school. I last, you know, two or three weeks. And and I'm like, this, what am I doing? I quit. I get in another band by saying, what about me? You know, that's that's my way. What about me? So I get in this band, Nevada Bachelors. Nevada Bachelors eventually has the drummer, Jason Finn from... The presidents of the United States of America. Look That's at me a great this. shot. Oh my god! Still with the glasses. You know what? The, the, those horror glasses. You see that Ben Brown in the top uh, right-hand corner, also a big Raiders fan. 
Oh, Oakland Raiders. Well, you know like what? Yourself. Just just so you guys know, that um, are, if you're if you're listening on the audio podcast, you can't hear that. That's why we appreciate you listening on the audio podcast. But we'd like for you to go to the video. Go to Ryan Roxy, uh, official Ryan Roxy, and then hit that subscribe button. But as you can see, I am wearing a Raiders uh, tank top now, but I'm wearing it inside <laughs> out because I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed uh. of their loss yesterday. It was, again, <laughs> again uh, but yeah, like you were saying, those those horn rim glasses that you have, um, you I love the style, but are are they, they the same of, ones? Oh, yeah. Are they the no, same? No, 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 no. Those things broke, and then I fixed them. I had them fixed, and then they were in a backpack, and the backpack was stolen, and then I found the exact pair of glasses on eBay. Bought them. And then uh, broke those again. So then I just, here's the thing. Like I just now, I mean, like I said, I quit drinking. So <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> people are going to come for for a podcast on couch riffs and they're going to hear the stories of cryonics and a lost uh, backpack. But guess what? Yeah, man, this is, uh, you know, this is the, this is fun. This is how you do it. <laughs> this is how you do it, folks. This and this is, is water now. See, the other yeah. drink, this is, this is my dichotomy. <laughs> I, I have to offset my old fashioned with some water every once in a while. But we're getting to the point where yeah, somehow you quit this band and then you meet Duff McKagan. How does that go? Duff is, Duff plays bass for, for the presidents of the United States of America world tour. Now this is 19, 98 or 99 and it was it was a webcast concert i you can probably find it still and it's like they were ahead of their time they were ahead of the covid times (laughs) way ahead and so that's when i meet duff and i'm like whoa this is this is incredible they do this webcast at a studio where the where nevada bachelors had made a record with this guy martin fevier martin fevier you know, a year later was making a record with Duff and, you know, Martin Fevier is a great friend. And, uh, I also knew the drummer, Jeff Redding, that was, that was playing on the record and was in the band loaded at the time. And, uh, I had heard about it at the time I was doing Harvey danger and maybe I was even doing alien crime syndicate already, but, and that band, like both of these things, I just said, they need, both of these guys needed guitar players. And I said, what about me? You know, alien crimes. I love that takeaway. What about me? Learn these couple of nobody ever invites me to do like that. You invited me to do something is like a fucking miracle. Like nobody invites me to do anything. Here's the thing. I want people to know about what you're you know, what you've done and what you're doing now, because it's really, really fucking inspiring. And um, so, I mean, like I said, it's all about you on this podcast for sure. Mike Squires. I mean, thank you. Thank you. It's a great, it's a great honor to be here. Uh, (laughs) Can you say that a little bit clearer and louder so I can use it as an ad? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I learn all the Alien Crime Syndicate songs on the whole album. You know, I show up and I try out on my actual birthday and they're like, yeah, you're in. Like everyone else that came to audition for the band showed up, didn't even learn a song. They were like, all right, teach me the songs. I was like, you have recordings. Like I went out, I bought the records. I learned the songs. I want to be in the band. That's how you do it. You want it, you get it. You take it. You don't, you know, 
No one's going to be like, please be in my band. I'm going to teach you all the songs and everything. No. Show up. Be prepared. Yeah, yeah. be prepared. I, so You know what? Great lesson, you know, and sometimes I, I, I use this as an analogy. We had Tommy Clefettos play. Uh, we were looking for a drummer because Eric Singer went back to Kiss for the Alice Cooper band. And those of you that are in the chat, you guys all know the Alice Cooper history, but you might not know this story. Tommy Clefettos came in. Um, I, we had seen him play with Ted Nugent. We loved, Chuck and I both loved his playing. We said, come on down and try out. He came down and tried out. We said, you know, here are the, here are the five songs that you need to learn to, to uh, audition. And then we were done with the five songs. We were already blown away. And he goes, so let's do the rest of the album. We go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, yeah, I learned the whole entire, I learned the entire set. Let's 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 just run right. through the set, and then once he said, you know, you had that's me how you the do five it. songs, and that's how you. I mean, they say. Now we did get a little bit frozen. Hold on, you'll come back. What do you say? Vic? Here we are. There you. Go. So they say you get, you get one chance to make a first impression, and you know, I certainly, you know, leave a lot of different. You know, I'm not like uh, not a calculated. Uh, well-spoken person i'm just kind of like fucking bumbling through at any given moment in my life but that's the impression i'm moving we still but i'm learning the song we still haven't gotten to the point where you get into loaded and i'm i'm, I'm like yeah so, so i hit up i hit up martin the guy that's making the loaded record and i'm like hey i heard you guys have had every guitar player in seattle come down and try to play on this record uh what about me you know, and he's like, well, you know, and, you know, so far he's only seen me play in Nevada Bachelors, which is like a retro pop rock band, you know. And uh, he's like, well, you know, I suppose we could give it a try. And I was like, yeah, man, come on. What about me? I can do it. Like, you have no idea. I can totally do this. So this is one of those occasions where I have no opportunity to hear the music because it's it's not done. He can't email me something. It's I mean he can maybe, but it's it's ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah, it's ideas. Yeah. So he just he says, come down to the studio, bring a guitar, and and I do, and I'm nervous as hell because you know Appetite for Destruction was a formative album for me, no very important album to me. Yeah. So I show up. He brings a uh, brings up a song. I put a couple parts on it and he and I work really well together. Um, and he just, he pulls some stuff out of me and, and I have a couple of ideas and, and he's like, well, let's try this other song. And so I, I think I recorded on two or three songs and then that was it. I went, I left and then I get a phone call a couple days later and it's Duff. And I, of course it's, you know, it's like the classic where I'm like, yeah, right. You know, fuck you, Jason. And, and <laughs> he, he was like, messing with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought it was, you know, who I don't know. I thought it was a joke because I hadn't heard anything. You know, I was like, well, they didn't like it. That's all right. I got it. I got my shot. And it's Duff, and he's like, I loved what you did. Nobody in Seattle is playing like this. I can't. Like, I'm really happy that I found you. Do you want to come down to the room? and play some songs and and see what happens and i was like absolutely yes absolutely and then that was it and good things happen because you know what what year was that 2000 yeah 
2000 up until present day, you guys have maintained that friendship that, uh, you know, and, and you've been, I know that you've been in and out of loaded uh, a couple times, but it seems as though it's like, you're always his go-to guy when it comes to, uh, you know, Hey, I want to get this going again. Loaded is actually a band. So, which is super generous of Duff. Like, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, that's the kind of duty is. Very so cool. it's, yeah, it's a, it's a band band, um, which is great. But also like, you know, for people who don't understand how bands are just like any, any business, right? So you're, you're an employee or you're a, or you're, or you're not, or you're a boss. Higher gun or band, yeah, but but yeah, but, yeah. but there are some sort of subtleties. I could I could For maybe sure. break it down. When you say it's a band, does does when you're on tour, does Duff stay in a in a suite and you stay in a regular room? That could be a little bit of a difference. I, I know that, and, and it's totally justified. Sure, I well, get it. Well, you know, we're not uh, even Stephen equal partners. You know, you but but we're partners. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, and that, like I said, that's a generous thing for him to do. It's also a smart business thing for him to do because if he's, you know, if, if he's not shelling out salaries to people and depending on what kind of a tour you have, like some tours are, are really profitable. Other tours, not profitable. And, you know, but when it that, comes to sharing in the songwriting, sharing in oh, the, yeah. the the whole uh, the piece of the pie, you know, I'm not sure with the merch type of stuff. But it does seem that when those guys and those type of guys that are that come from a bigger band form their own band, it does seem that it's it, it's very cool of them to sort of include it and make it a band feeling. I was like, I'm I'm no. Yeah. Uh, I've 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 always said that I'm I'm in a I'm in a higher gun situation with Alice Cooper, but he makes me feel like a band member every single day because of the credit that he gives and the love and support that he sort of showers upon the band. He's always hypes up the band in yeah. interviews, and when we travel, we travel together. It's not like a division of church and state. So in that respect, right. I really do feel that the Alice Cooper band feels like a band vibe, but at the same time, yeah. we're higher guns because we know whose name is on the marquee. And, and there's a, there, there always is a little bit of that distinction. Don't you think? There's definitely that, like I never lose sight of why we are in Germany or why we are in Japan. It's not like, it's not called Mike Squires is loaded. You know what I mean? And so I was in, you know, I, they know yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. They no, know you know me. What? Yeah, yeah. Nevada Baxter is really big here. The long really winters was huge. Yeah. But you know what? You were in a band called uh, Green Apple Quick Step, and uh, you played. Well, kind of. And, and and I say, did you play with? Well, hey, did you play with Ty William? Yeah. Willen? Okay. If you played with Ty Willman, I would say that you were in it because one of my favorite songs, Dizzy, because I, I yeah. we talked about this before we started recording. I was so excited. When I saw that name, Green Apple Quick Step, and folks, like I say, don't leave right now. I know you're listening to the podcast. Don't go down that YouTube rabbit hole like I did with Nikki Six and Live at 89 Moscow. Don't do that just yet. But 
after the podcast, go check out Green Apple Quick Step, Dizzy, because it is really one of my favorite songs that from that era. Because I was playing in a band called Sweetwater at the time, and I'm wondering if, if, if like, when I was playing in Sweetwater, if you were sort of mulling around that Seattle scene, whether it was with Loaded or whether it was with one of your bands, you know? So you were in you were in Sweetwater in Super Friends era, in the which Super is like ninety four. 95, yeah, 94, 95 era, yes. We were in the same practice space, which was the Chop House. You remembered that? Oh, shit, okay. The Chop House on Belmont. It's a hair salon now, if it's still standing. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you would go down the the block to the Puss Puss and get coffee. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, there were a bunch of people in that space. Whole, Nirvana was there when they were still around. Whole, and... uh, the Posies. The Posies were right next door to us. You're, you're exactly right. There was actually... The Friel Brothers had Give. Okay. Uh, their band Give there. Shit. Um, so, so we yeah. probably crossed paths at that point when I was in, uh, you For know, sure. when I was playing with Sweetwater and you were in like 98 other bands. That well, that was, that was definitely Eat the Feeling. And I was still big. I was like just big eyed and like, you know. I, I was just, I was excited to be there. I, I mean, you could have you could have crop dusted me in the hallway, and I would have been like, "That guy from Sweetwater, I just smelled his fart. That's incredible." It's what I was known for. It was my trademark. Right. Yeah, it's kind of my <laughs> trademark. So hold on, man. I know that we're a little bit on a time schedule. So at this point, I do have to sort of wrap it up a little bit. Honestly, at one point. Later, maybe in 2021, we're going to have you back on because this is too much fun talking about this. But I want to talk to you about what you're currently doing. So this is where we take our little break. We have a little bit of a commercial. Vic hopefully has it lined up. It's about yeah. the System 12. Uh, it's about the System 12 12-week challenge, which we are doing where I talked about earlier where we inspire people. Uh, Anybody that wants to uh, start learning guitar uh, to come and join the uh, System 12. So, Vic, if you're ready to run that commercial, please do, man. Got it? Yeah. No. Hey, guys. No, 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 no. That's not Hello, one. Ryan Roxy here. And we know you're excited to begin the System 12 guitar method. And to provide you with some added incentive, we are presenting you with a challenge. The System 12 12-week guitar challenge. The entire System 12 team will be involved in helping you stay focused and stay inspired as we coach you through each System 12 lesson. Each week, we will release an insider's video that will give you goals, tips, and tricks on how to make the most out of each lesson. We will aim to create a community of encouragement and support as we will all be learning together. Do you accept the challenge? Will you make it to the 12th week? We know you will. And by the end of the challenge, you'll be playing the guitar just like you've always wanted to. Join now. Prepare yourself and let's get rolling because the System 12 12-week guitar challenge is coming your way. <laughs> if you guys only knew what goes on backstage, yeah. I don't know if you saw any of that. Oh my God. Vic, Vic started out he started out a different video and I was like, no, no, that's the wrong one. And then Vic was like, no, I know he, he has it under control. But that is the System 12, 12 it was week a quick cut. guitar challenge. It was a quick cut. And, you know, I'd like to say that we could edit that out, but we won't. We won't. We'll leave it. This is what it is. Folks, you are yeah. here with 
In the Trenches, a live stream episode of In the Trenches podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Roxy. We are hanging out with Mike Squires. Uh, like we've been going through a lot of the bands. Um, the one that we <laughs> just recently talked about was Loaded with Duff McKagan. But now we were catching up to the main event. What is happening in Mike Squires' life right now? And I think the main goal, um, the thing I like about you is your sort of giving back, your philanthropy. You've really, really, you know, made a focus on that. And with Couch Riffs, since you started that in 2018, you've made a conscious effort to sort of um, make people aware of different causes and how it, how, uh, how to help out. And that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Couch Riffs. And most importantly, uh, one of your newest videos that you've done with Couch Riffs was this called Highway Man and... Uh, and the benefit that it goes to uh, the Seattle Musicians for Children's Hospital. But um, first, let's talk about Couch Riffs. You started it. What was the idea? What was sort of the inspiration for Couch Riffs? So, I mean, necessity is the mother of invention. So I had moved to Brooklyn. I found myself uh, unemployed, unexpectedly, not fired this... uh, a bad situation at work, business collapses. And I'm like, uh, what do I do? So I apply for this job with a, a very big, popular, technically oriented uh, music instrument company. And they're like, we love your resume. I had sold guitars and done a bunch of other stuff, uh, product, you know, uh, specialist work before. And uh, they're like, can you make a video of you you know, playing these couple of generic songs that you hear at uh, at Guitar Center. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Piece at this game. point, I'm, yeah, I've been unemployed for like three months at this point, And it shows, like, I never heard back from them. And I was very, really confused. And I went back and looked at the video. And I was like, unshaved, unshowered. <laughs> I'm in sweatpants. I've got no shoes on. And I'm just like kicked back on the couch. Um. I was like, okay, well, I didn't get that job. But my wife was like, I really like that video. I think it's cool. You should post it on Instagram. And so I did. And it and it was like, you know, considerably more popular than any of the other bullshit that I posted. Right. And so, you know, I'm kicking around unemployed. And she's like, you should do some more of that because you need something to do. And it would be fun for you to have a project. And so I did. And so I was like, what can I do? And so I set up in front uh, of my record collection. And the fir- very first one I did was a Funkadelic song. And I just played along to the record, you know. And then, you know, there are there are a bunch of issues with that. And then I start, you know, just sound. Well, sound issues sound- and copyright issues once it actually gets out there, right? Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So then I started playing. So, so for, I started, those, for those of the people that are listening either to the audio podcast or uh, on the video, explain to people what Couch Riffs is in a very, you know, concise or short sentence way. Like, Sure. Uh, Couch Riffs has, be, has been a lot of things. But what it started as is me doing a single first take, single pass, First take. version of a song so that and you know i can't i can't prove that to anyone there there are a lot of shredders you know i am not i don't 
I never started this to like show off and go, look at me, look at me, look at me. It was a, it was more of a, Hey, this is where my, this is where my, my skill is. And I'm going to practice. I'm going to cram for this test. I'm going to push record. And then whatever happens, I'm going to post this. Whether it sucks, whether it crashes and burns, or whether it soars. And, you know, there were there were definitely some of both. You know, there's clams. <laughs> there are acres of clams. And so, um, yeah, so I started doing that. And then it occurred to me, well, this is fun. Maybe I could have a guest. Maybe I could have someone with me, play with me. And um, I have my friend David Bader come on, and we do The Hellion by Judas Priest. And it was Who's great. David Bader then, from? What band was he from? He's not been any bands of note. He, I, he is the cousin of Steve Stevens, and he's a music uh, journalist. Great dude and great guitar player. Right. Um, I'll drop that. Cousin of Steve Stevens. I drop it every single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Do I get free drinks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, we have Duff on, and Duff shows up, and he's like, well, I can't learn that you know, Jackson five baseline in like five minutes. And I was like, you totally can. And he's like, now let's pick something easier. And I'm like, come on, don't be a wiener. And so I learn it and he goes, all right, I guess I'll play guitar. And then, you know, we run through it and he's a quick study. People don't know, like someone actually called bullshit on me. They were like lip sync. And I was like, no, fuck you. No way. Fuck you. I will so attest I, that there's no lip sync in that dude, because you, I've been a guest on Couch Riffs. Um, Vic, do you have the clip of Duff by yeah. any chance? If you have that clip of Duff, no, he does not. He's shaking his head no. That was the one clip. Did I ask for that clip? No. Is that, and he's laughing. He said, no, you didn't ask for it. <laughs> oh, the, but because that Jackson oh, 5 clip, that that Jackson 5 clip that, du that Duff did was really incredible because he did end up learning that part. He crushes the guitar. I, I, I play the bass on that one. And so that sparked the idea like, well, this is a pretty unexpected song and Duff's playing guitar and I'm playing bass. Like, that's cool. Maybe I have something here. So, you know, not always, but a lot of times I try to encourage people and, you know, I don't want to give away the goods, but I, you know, I've, I'm currently working on a bunch of stuff right now that is pretty unexpected. Okay. So I you have... But see, I have jumped the shark with some people. I've been like, hey, you know, fill in the blank, super famous bass player guy, come be on the show. And he's like, cool, send me an email. So I do. And I'm like, I don't want you to play bass. I want you to play guitar or I want you to play ukulele. Right. You know, some like ridiculous shit. And then just like, I crickets. will say this then. When you invited us on the couch, you, you sort of threw us a softball because you said you, because I was on it. Uh, right, right around I think the same taping day. Tommy Hendrickson from the Alice Cooper Band. He was on yeah. it as well, and obviously Tommy is it was uh, a big fan of ACDC. He did what song did he do? Highway to Hell or Highway to Hell? He did a great version of Highway to Hell, 
And um, of course, one of my favorite bands, Cheap Trick, um, we were given a softball. It's like, here, do something that you know, because we were on a very limited time frame, perhaps. But yeah. you came down to the hotel. Um, maybe we can talk about it while Vic puts up the clip of me and you doing uh, He's a Whore by Cheap Trick, because that was kind of a cool moment. And it is a one taker. I guarantee you it's a one taker. And this is what you can see on, is it couchriff.com? Com? Yeah, yeah. We're not on a couch, though. Right. Well, you know, I've I've gone on to do a bunch of episodes, and not and you know, now that we're in quarantine. There we go. Folks, that is all first take, and is that's nothing like yeah, yeah, multi-tracked yeah. about it. Uh, I programmed the drums, which, and you know, this is an early, the early version of these. Uh, I mixed all the audio, so you know, I'm not the. I can screw anything up. I have, um, I have a guy mixing all my audio now, Don Gunn, who's wonderful. Cool. Let's go back to just me and you right now. That's cool. Um, because there, there's a clip. Because what I want people to do is check out the uh, whole entire clip with with real good audio. We have that sort of like uh, right now we're having Wi-Fi right. audio. I want you to go listen to it in stereo. Yeah, I know the drums were, were you laid down the drums, you program it. But you playing the bass, Everything me else. playing the guitar, me doing that vocal, that's one take. And we didn't get a do-over. I mean, there's... Nope. There's definitely a, a mistake here or there, but it, maybe that's the beauty of it. Well, especially now, the thing is, is like I feel like the the first year of Couchris was almost like a good practice for this year. Everyone is starved for live music, and so what I did was I pivoted into. I saw the guys in Anthrax do that. Uh, um, they did a rush song and I was like, holy crap. It looks like a zoom meeting. They're all in these split screens and they're all playing. And I, I, ha you know, I was like, I think I know how they did this, like just from doing what I'd done. And I had done a video like, uh, you know, with, with Jeff Rouse from loaded in the same way, but it was just two people. I'd never even considered to do it with a full band, like recreate an entire song you know, isolation style. And so I was like, well, here we go. This is the way. This is how I continue to do couch riffs, you know. And that which leads us up to the newest video that you've been uh, promoting, which is actually for a very cool cause. It's for Smooch for Kids 2020. That's S-M-O-O-C-H, which stands for Seattle Musicians for Children's Hospital. This is a project you put together, a song, A Highwayman. And it's a yeah. classic Highwayman songs because, again, I was able to do the, you know, go down, do the research, find out what is this Highwayman song? Of course, the original Highwaymen were Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson. So who were the now updated, you know, 2020 version of the Highwaymen and how this whole video come about? So Pete Nordstrom of the Nordstrom department store family. I've heard of has that. a foundation. He's got a foundation with his, he and his wife, Brandy started this foundation after their son 
um, had a had a bunch of complications in his first year, and he has spent some time at Seattle uh, Children's Hospital, and and it was very eye opening. And they left there, and they were like, "We need to figure out what to do to help people that are you know that." So Seattle Children's has this fund called the Uncompensated Care Fund. So they take anyone. You know, I grew up a really poor kid, so it hits home for me. If I had gotten really sick as a kid, I'd probably have died, you know. Luckily, I was very healthy. But uh, this smooch raises money every year with a concert and with other generous contributions from, you know, relationships that that Pete has. They raise money, put it into this uncompensated care fund, and therefore it keeps the gears greased over there at Seattle Children's Hospital, and they're able to never, ever turn any child away from getting the care that they need. And so Pete was faced with a dilemma this year, and that dilemma was no concert, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, we got to do some virtual thing, and He's, you know, he's in bands and stuff. So like he's a musical guy, has owned a record label. He's always, he's been in the music community in Seattle for a very, very long time. So he reached out to me and asked me if I would put together a video for Smooch this year for a, for the virtual event. And, you know, I barely let him finish his question. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, he started, ha- he started throwing some ideas at me and I was like, no, 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 Pete, I got it all worked out. And I, I told him, Highwayman, that's a song. You know, I have this wish list. And and he's like, I don't know. It's kind of a weird song. And I was like, dude, there's four singers. Like, we're trying perfectly. to... Re- yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, my logic was pick a song with four singers because each of them will bring, uh, you know, an audience. And so the the greater audience, whatever, the the more money we can potentially raise... For this cause and he's like right great idea <laughs> and so uh i got to work and there were some starts and stops but it it came together really beautifully i think so you have members of death cab for cutie you have members of i think loaded foo, foo fighters, fighters yeah. mouse ian moore is a is a is a guitar legend out of austin living in Seattle now. So these are all people with connections to Seattle. Many a young maid lost her babbles to my trade. Many a soldier and I love the way the version is because it, you didn't stray too far from the original, but it has almost more of an Al Stewart Year of the Cat vibe this does. Totally. Doesn't it? Totally. I was a sailor there's the. I was born upon the tide. Yep. And with the sea, I did abide. So this is a basically a couch riffs, but on you know high octane version. Yeah. So it's I've made about a half dozen of them in this style for band. Okay, so here let's go back to me and you real quick. Thank you, Vic, for playing that clip. But honestly, folks. 
in order to see the clip, you're going to have to go to Couch Riffs and all their social medias because then you can experience it with the, uh, you know, real audio and all that stuff, which is important. We're going to put up in just a second. But um, that gives you a little taste of what it is. And uh, how is the video doing right now and how can people help support the cause for uh, Smooch? I mean, my social media presence is pretty, you know, is modest. You know, I don't, I don't have a huge following there. I just keep making stuff and um, hope that I can. I'm working on some, on a ridiculously, probably foolishly ambitious video as a follow up to this. <laughs> there, there are a bunch of things like these. They take a long time. Like that took three months. Yeah, because you know you're dealing with scheduling, you're dealing with people getting their parts done in a in in a very specific order, because everyone can't report record their parts separate from one another and then throw it all together. That does not make a delicious music salad. It's that makes a, you know, that yeah. makes a crappy sounding band. So you know, <laughs> not a delicious I, salad, crappy band. Uh. So I build, you know, I build these like a, like a studio recording, you know, so yeah. everyone records their audio and films themselves and they send their stuff to me. So, but the way it's done uh, is very nice. And, and like I say, it, it is sort of like a step up from the couch rest. I enjoy, to be honest with you, uh, the, just the one takers of it, but at the same time you need to have, you do need to have a, a nice finished product like that, which people can go see and then obviously donate uh, to the cause. But you're also doing with Cowtriffs, you're also not just doing the videos, you're also doing interviews as well. And like I say, you know what, you could say your, your following is modest, our following is modest, everybody's modest. One hand washes the other, both hands wash the feet, I sure. say. And, and it's almost like a online scene that I think, a lot of us are trying to create where it's like a community of sort of podcasters and sort of people that are doing interviews like this musicians interviewing musicians and we're sort of supporting each other's causes which is you know the for the greater good it's 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 it is growing and it is rising episode by episode it's interesting like i'm always interested in like how do i grow my thing right how do i make how do i make my show bigger how do i make my show better how do I make it look better, sound better? I, you know, like I, I got Don Gunn to start mixing my audio and that was a, a huge step up in production. I started teaching myself how to cut videos and I started, you know, figuring out how to do those designing layouts. And so, but for this video in particular, it's my most popular video to date. And I think I'm approaching 13,000 views. It's great. Um, and no, it's great, but there's always that, you know what the Marine Corps also gave me is a uh, a relentless sense of uh, competition. And there are a lot of people making videos like this just to make money and fun. And and entertainment is, is as important as anything else. And I love to create things to entertain people. But this was the first time I got to make something that helped people, you well. know. Good. And I hope you continue to do so with it, you know, and, and continue to do videos like this. You said you're working on the next one that's up there, but I want to talk oh. a little bit about, so there's, there's all the videos that you have on your official site. Vic has just put up on there. Um, just put up a Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight. Uh, yesterday that went up. Yeah. Very so nice. that's Ramon's song. Yeah. 
and also I, I just mentioned earlier that you are doing uh, interviews as well because I did see that uh, you had uh, Frankie Clark who yeah. happens to be Gilby Clark's daughter who and Gilby's been on the podcast before and as soon as I saw your podcast with Frankie and and she plays you know her band that she plays in which is Frankie and the the studs the studs huh? Frankie and the studs Frankie and the studs yeah the minute I saw that, I was like, well, you know what? Frankie's got to come on the podcast now. And that's cool because it's it just another avenue for people to hear about new stuff and, and hear about new up and coming bands. And Frankie is definitely one of them as well. Do you have a, a, a bunch of other uh, sort of guests that you did? You've been interviewing as well, not just doing the couch pod in couch riffs uh, songs. The. The podcast is crazy. You know, I work full time still, so I'm working full time. I'm doing three podcast episodes a week. If you, I have, an, I have another. That's a work uh, ethic, dude. That I mean, I, I mean, I love the fact that I'm even able to do one, and I wouldn't even be able to do it if it wasn't without without the team. <laughs> if it wasn't without Vic, if it wasn't without you know Federica and Kanak and and everybody promoting it all throughout the week. I don't know how it would get off the ground. So I'm very thankful to the team always. But the fact that you do three, I'm just like, what the hell of a work ethic? It's got to be the Marines. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it. there's a bit of suffering in that. <laughs> there it is. A ringing endorsement. I, yeah, there certainly is a bit of that in there, you know. Um, but, you know, so far, you know, I can't, I can't afford to enlist help. So I just, I just do it. I do it and keep doing it like that. If anyone is listening and they want to start doing something like you want to be in a band, you want to start a show, you want to do whatever it is. You want to, you want to build a tree house. I don't know what the hell it is. Just, just start doing it. You might do it wrong at first. Right. Oh, but you, you, you can, you can you definitely do. find out that out with the first few episodes of In the Trenches podcast because that's what it was. I was doing it all by myself. Very little production. It was just me and a laptop. And then luckily, yeah, you know, people uh, like like Vic and, and, and like the whole entire RGA team sort of, you know, they've just joined on and helped promote this and, and created to what, you know, we're hopefully getting towards. And it's always like, maybe not being so happy where we are right now. I'm, I'm content and proud of what we've done, but I aspire to do more. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, of course, of course. Get bigger. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think probably I just am like too fucking dumb to give up, <laughs> you know, I'm just too stubborn or too dumb to give up. So I just, keep, I just keep Patience. doing it. And wear people down and you know like i said it's competitive i see people that i have hit up to uh to play or be on the podcast and that and you know you'll have that you'll start having that conversation and then sometimes people just drop off and then i'll see them pop up in in a video with someone else and i'll be like okay all right right. that's cool watch (laughs) this you know what watch what i can do there you go and that's why I'm telling you, you got to go check out Couch Risk. This is where we're going to get to where everyone can see uh, all your sort of oh, social awesome. medias. Because this is uh, heading out to the highway now. Um, basically, 
everyone needs to know that are listening to your audio podcast right now, listening to our audio podcast, um, what are your socials that you would like people to go check out and see? Please tell them, Mike. Uh, definitely, please go check out my YouTube. Um, you know, I do not as fancy conversations with people. I only just started. I don't know why it never occurred to me. I just thought podcast audio, right? That's what it is. And I never... I never did the video thing until recently, but I'm I'm really glad that I did. And, you know, it's one of those things that hopefully will get my YouTube channel to where I want and need it to be for Couchrifts to grow and take the next step. So I definitely want to drive people over there, couchrifts.com to sign up at my, uh, I just started a mailing list. So, you know, if you don't subscribe or don't follow things, but you want to know, uh, what's going on? Sign up for the mailing list, and I'll you know when I have new releases, I'll let people know that way. So there you go. And uh, of course, and then, you also have uh, you also have Instagram as well at couch underscore riffs. And occasionally, uh, I go live there and I'll interact with people and just whatever talk a bunch of trash. <laughs> well, I appreciate you talking a bunch of uh, insights with us. We started out with bass players. We got into uh, grave digging, and then we eventually settled on uh, everything that you're up to with couch riffs right now. Thanks for coming on in the trenches, Mr. Mike Squires. Um, we had a zigzag conversation. A little bit, a little bit. We've had a lot of um, um, our sort of RGA, we call it the Roxy Guitar Army Faithful and the In the Trenches uh, uh, regular visitors that have been in the chat and in the trenches uh, the whole entire time uh, showering a lot of love. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of new followers uh, after this episode because uh, you know what? It's a very good and worthy sort of cause you're doing this for. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's fucking entertainment. That's entertainment. It, it is. I'm hoping that this next big video, I mean, it's going to be like between 15 and 20 people in this video. And it's a, it's a long ass song. This is your and sequel I'm, to highway, man. This is your sort of, right. this is your Godfather part two. There will be things that happen between now and then, because I'm still trying to finish things that I started in July. Of course. That's the truth. But, uh, eventually I'm, I'm hoping to use this to raise, uh, awareness and money for roadie relief so i'm i'm in contact with those guys and that's something that i can fully get behind so well why don't we do this uh you continue to grow and flourish with couchrifts we will continue to uh you know get, stay in the trenches but then move out of the trenches onward and upward and we'll both continue to grow and maybe we we revisit each other sometime in 2021 to see how uh catch up and how we're doing either i could be I on your podcast or i would love it does that sound like a good idea I can ask you questions and you can zigzag. There you go. That's what I, well, I'll tell you right now, I was not in the Marines. I, <laughs> Roxy Guitar Army is what, you know what would be funny if more people enlisted in the Marines today after this episode instead of the, the Roxy Guitar Army. We want you to enlist in the I can Roxy. tell you it's not for everyone. All right. The Roxy Guitar <laughs> Army is though, folks. So if you are you listening and watching, uh, check that out as well. It's well as checking out couchriffs.com. Um, I usually say with some parting, do you have any parting words or sort of life lessons? But I think you said it early on and you kept, and we, and we sort of revisited it all throughout the podcast was what about me? 
And that was a great way of, you know, getting into a band, asserting yourself. And that's how you sort of got your start in the whole world of music. What about me? The thing that I landed on really is the golden rule, right? The golden rule is treat, treat people the way you want to be treated. That's right. I mean, there's other words of saying it was like, don't be a dick, but treat treat people the way you want to be treated. I think that's a great way to go out. Uh, We've been hanging out with Mr. Mike Squires uh, from Couch Riffs, as well as, you know, Loaded. Uh, I I don't want to go through all the other bands that you've been in, but you know what? You're going to have to catch up. They're tongue twister names. They are tongue. You know what? I do want to go over them one more time. (laughs) Eat the Feeling, Nevada Bachelors, Harvey Danger, Alien Crime Syndicate, The Long Winters, The Western State Hurricanes, uh, you know, uh, Death, uh, fucking Green Apple Quickstep. I'm telling you, is there any other hipster names that I'm not aware of that you've been in? The Union Gospel. Damn it. I missed one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Mike it's been a great pleasure having you on and uh, everybody Thank so thanks much. for hanging out in the chat uh, until next time my name is Ryan Roxy on behalf of Vic Chalfont uh, we will see you next week for our Christmas oh my goodness folks this is our Christmas episode with part three of Michael Monroe yes you heard it here first oh. Michael Monroe part three but guess what this is Mike Squires and it's all about couch riffs for today Until next time, folks, enjoy the ride. See ya. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello.